Welcome to the Coastal Community Church Midweek Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Shayla McCormick, and I will be your host. My husband, TJ, and I are the lead pastors of Coastal Community Church, a place where everyone's welcome because nobody's perfect and anything is possible. In this podcast, our goal is to bring the weekend message to life and to share stories that help you along in your faith journey. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Coastal Midweek Podcast. We're actually closing out week three of our Blessed series. And this series has all been about, you know, our finances, generosity, how we steward our money, getting out of debt. And I think it's something that so many people need to hear. You know, I actually read something the other day that said even even people that make like $250,000 a year or something like that, that people would consider, you know, pretty well off. Yeah. They made 250,000 or more. Yeah. Or more that even those people, I think it said 30% of those people are living paycheck to paycheck as well. 46%. 46%. Okay. Thank you for that correction. <laughs> Get your numbers right. Get Shayla. your numbers right. Don't give numbers but, if they're but not But I right. mean, I think a lot of times we think, well, you know, well, this year in Parkland or Lighthouse Point or whatever, like these people are wealthy, but even the people that appear, yep. you know, in, in that phase of life are still, you know, living in challenging spaces financially, yep. because a lot of people have raised their standard of living as their finances has increased or whatever, the amount of money that they're spending has also increased. And there hasn't been balance in that. And so this week, um, you started off with a question and you said, you know, when we do start making more, what is the more for? Yeah. I, and it isn't just about when you start making more, it's, it's the realities of Or you of get life. out of debt or whatever. Yeah, like you, you have a, you have more you, than you had before. Before. <laughs> maybe you received an inheritance. Maybe yeah. you got a gift. Maybe you, you got out of the you debt. You got a raise. You got out of debt, you know? And, and so now you have this, what, what initially would be considered excess. Right. And, and so the question is, is what is that for? What is mm -hmm. that more that God has put in your life yeah. for? And, and how are you going to steward that? And, and how you answer that question is going to determine a lot of your future. And right. so it's important to predetermine mm -hmm. or predecide, yeah. like, what is the more in your life for, you mm -hmm. know, and, and where is that going to go and how is it going to hopefully ultimately make a difference? Right. I, I heard somebody say it this way one time, you know, when you raise your standard of living, are you also raising your standard of giving? You know, basically saying, you know, what's the more for? Are you being yeah. generous? Are you helping other people? Are you investing in the right things? So you you kind of kicked off the message asking that question, and then you jumped into this point of choose hustle over hoping. Yeah, well, I, I you know, the the whole idea is, is there's, I think that there's four principles that are are biblically based principles mm -hmm. that if mm -hmm. we apply to our life, they will experience a financially blessed life. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm not trying to help people get rich quick or, you know, this isn't prosperity gospel. Yeah. It's, it's like, hey, listen, there are some principles that if you apply these and you live by these, like your life will be drastically different when it comes to your financial world. Yep. And I, and, and I think work is sometimes a dirty word you know, in, in our culture. And a lot of times, especially as Christians, we just want to pray and like hope that God blesses us with something. If I pray hard enough, then maybe it'll happen. Or if I pray that God gets me out of this financial situation, then maybe it'll happen where I think God's going, 
yeah, I have the answer to the prayer and it's right in front of you. You just got to work. Yeah, you you got you, <laughs> you got to do something. You got to put your your head down, mm-hmm. put your shoulder into it. Mm-hmm. You know, roll up the sleeves and, and do some work. Yep. One the one of the verses you read was Proverbs fourteen twenty three, and you said all hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. And that's actually one of the verses I constantly come back to with myself is like, you know, I can talk a lot, I can say a lot, I can say I need this, or God get you know help me in this place, and or you know I want to do this, but until you actually do something, until you actually work hard, nothing ever happens. Yeah. And I think. We, we live in a culture where, again, we, we talk about it, you yeah. know, we pray about it. We, we go, I want to manifest this in our, like, these are yeah, the words the manifest that I, words. Man, I'm going to manifest this. I'm going to, I'm going to visualize it. I'm going to manifest this. No, no, no. It, go work for it. Yep. You know, I, there's a quote by Mark Batterson in, in his book, um, The Circle Maker. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it's something that's always stuck with me. He says, man, I pray like it depends on God, which yeah. as Christ followers, I think that's what we should do. We mm-hmm. should be praying like it depends on mm-hmm. God. But then I work like it depends on me. Yeah. Like there is some function that like faith is me stepping out mm-hmm. into things that aren't as though they yeah. were, which means that I actually have to go put some effort mm-hmm. in. And as I'm doing that, God's going, oh, he's trusting me. Like he's yes. walking into the water expecting it to part. He's not waiting for it to part yeah. and then walk through. No, no, no. There's an effort that you have to take. Right. And and I think that's the part where we want we want to see God do the miracle, then I'll follow. Right. No, no. God wants us to go step into the miracle, yes. and then the miracle will take place. Well, and and I think there's something about a diligence in our life too. You know, diligence to make good decisions. Yeah. Diligent and diligence is it's hard work. It's hard work to stick to a budget. Yeah. It's hard work to not give in to all of your desires. All of those things are work, but the majority of us don't want to work. We just kind of fall into things or want to fall into things. And that, that produces poverty because we're going into debt and not, you know, freedom from those things. And I mean, you talked about Proverbs 12, 24, diligent hands will rule, but laziness will end in forced labor, you know, slaves to our credit cards, slaves to debt, slaves to, you know, all of those things. And you, you also said, choose plan over passion. And in there, you were talking about, um, getting a budget and stuff. Cause a lot of us, we just are like, Oh, this feels good. Oh, we live in a feel good culture mm-hmm. where, where if it feels good, it must be good. Yep. Or if it feels right, it must be right. Mm-hmm. And, and here's what we forget. The Bible tells us above all else, guard your heart. Why? Because out of it springs everything. But the Bible also says that our heart is deceptive, mm-hmm. which means how we feel. Yeah that will deceive us. Mm-hmm. And so we can't live by feelings. We have to, we have to live by truth. We have to live by what's actually there. And so yeah. a, a lot of people are like, Oh, I'm just going to go for my passions. That's great. Mm-hmm. And you should, and you should, but <laughs> there's also <laughs> not with your spending. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely not. With Especially your if you don't have the money to do that. And when you, so you, you talked and I want to camp out maybe on this just a little bit for a second, because your action item was to get on a budget. And you said that this 10, 20, 70 principle tithe it, the first 10%, the next 20% goes to debt, Emily debt, debt elimination savings or investments. Yeah. And then 70% to everything else, you know, how, 
talk to talk to somebody because I, I know that there's people out there. And if you're struggling financially, it is so hard to begin doing these things. Yeah. It's because you you don't have enough to start with. And so or you feel like you don't have enough to start with. So how how do you do that when you're in a place where you feel like there's more month than there is money? Like, what do I do? Yeah, I I you gotta start with actually figuring out what's coming in. Right. You got to get a budget. Yeah. And what's going out. So, I mean, you, you got to do the hard work of like, where am I spending money? Yeah. And listen, there's all kinds of apps that can help you do this. Yeah. uh, That'll track your spending for a month and tell you where you're spending things. But I think it's important for you to sit down and look at your credit cards, look at your bank statements Mm -hmm. and going, where am I spending money? And what category does that fall in? So when, when we were, when we were getting out of debt or even, even now I do this even now with our budget, like I sit down and I go, here's how much, you know, it, my car payment has, I have left on my car. Here's how much this credit card has. Here's how much, you know, this has, here's how much I bring in every month. Here's what I spend every month. And I'm looking and going, okay, is, and I'm, I'm putting in there my tithe. I'm putting in there extra giving. I'm putting in there my savings so that I can see, where that stuff is going. Yeah. And I have a spreadsheet, you know, that I do. So it's, it's something that I learned getting out of debt, but I still do today. Yeah. And, and here's the thing that most people don't ever do what they do. They, they typically, the 70% always goes first yes. and it ends up not being 70. It ends up being a hundred, right? 145, 145% <laughs> technically based on the latest statistics. But so that's why I say you have to start you have to start with a 10. Yeah. So you go, man, I want to put God first. And so the first part of my budget is going to go to God. Right. Then there's a principle. And this is, I I, I think it was, I, I want to think say it was Napoleon Hill mm-hmm. um, who who said, pay yourself first. And mm-hmm. so the, the idea behind the 20% is, is I'm going to pay myself. Like yeah. I've, I've taken, I've trusted God. Yep. Now the next person I'm going to pay is myself. Because right. if I don't pay myself, nobody else is going to do that. Mm-hmm. And so that's my future. If you're in debt, that's how you, that's the money that you use to get out of debt. You just go. Right. This so is that what, you can have a future. <laughs> so you can have a future so that when you get out of debt, you're in the habit of yeah. like, I don't see this money anyway. So I'm going to invest it in yeah. my future. That can be in your 401k. It can be the S&P 500. It can be mutual funds. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you're more aggressive and want to do something like uh, cryptocurrency, whatever it may be. You want to do real, whatever that is that you're going to, is going to be your investment vehicle mm-hmm. for your future. Mm-hmm. I think it's important that we start thinking about that. And the younger you are, the more power of compound interest you're going to have working for you. But even if you're, even if you're not younger though, like you, even it's more, more important, more important to start it. Yes. And, and especially that, that higher amount is going to be more impactful as you get older. Cause mm-hmm. it's going to, it's going to help you a lot. Mm-hmm. And then you go and you go to the necessities, right? Like necessities are necessities, <laughs> your rent or your mortgage payment, yes. your insurance, mm-hmm. your, your vehicle, mm-hmm. uh, electric water, yeah. like the things that you have to have to survive. Yep. You know, you, you, you put a food budget in there. Like that food budget is money. You go to the grocery store and get groceries with it. I'm not talking about going out to eat, see, see, what nobody wants to hear is that it does take work to get out of debt. And you like, you have to deny yourself. You have to things. deny yourself mm-hmm. and you have to sacrifice. So like when we were in debt, we weren't eating out. Nope. Like, man, we were cooking, like we lived off of 
ramen noodles. And it's like, funny. I ate ramen for lunch today, actually. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at 15 cents a bag, like you can, like it can fill you up, you know, and, and we just, we did what it took yep. to get ourselves eradicated from that. And we made the sacrifices that were necessary. We didn't, we didn't go clothes shopping. We didn't yeah. do like the reality is, is all of us have more than enough clothes mm-hmm. to survive well, the next and, year and or two. I, I struggle sometimes, honestly, and this is just, you know, being transparent because there's a lot of people that, you know, will come to church and be like, man, I'm in a financial bind and, and I need help. But when they're walking in to have the conversation, they have their nails done. They got their eyelashes on. They got, you know, I'm like, something's got to give here. Like you're needing help, but you're spending money on the wrong things. And I think sometimes we have to look at those things in our life and go, man, where I'm at is a result of decisions that I've made. And maybe there's some decisions that I need to make to eliminate some things that I've done for a really long time or that I really love, or I really enjoy so that I can, you know, have freedom for my future. And it's, it's critical. It is. I mean, I I think about when we moved here to, to plant a church, we, we, we had a massive drop in income Mm because I left my job. Yep. You, you left your job. You started a new job to, to pay for my missionary habit of planning a church. <laughs> yep. And and like, I didn't play golf for years mm-hmm. because it wasn't in the budget. Like there was no, yeah. it's something I love. It's my, fa- like it was something I sacrificed mm-hmm. because it didn't fit in there. And so like when people would be like, oh, do you want to go play golf? Uh, my answer was like, I, it's not in the budget, you know? Yeah. And and that wasn't a, that wasn't a negative thing. It mm-hmm. was like, it was my way of not letting the emotion yeah. The passion yep. dictate my decisions. We didn't drive the best cars. Like, we didn't, no, you we know, like drove, I, I mean, stuff that a, was paid off. I had a Prius that had like 250,000 no, miles. You had on that it. Ford, old Ford expedition. That I we had a Ford like, expedition, expedition that we bought for $3,000 and yep. drove it. And then, then, and we, then gave we gave it away. it away. Yep. And that guy drove it. And that like guy drove it for another ever. another four years. And mm-hmm. and I had a Prius that we drove up to two hundred fifty thousand miles, and, and then we gave, gave it, it away. <laughs> and, and so, and if you notice, there's a pattern there. Like we use things really, really well, and then we then we, you're generous. Then with we them. were generous. Bless like, somebody else. We blessed somebody it. else when we had been blessed by something. Why? Yeah. Because what is the more for? Yep. Exactly. So so good. And I think you know, you did talk about generosity towards the, the end of your message, choose generosity over greed and talking about how, you know, the generous will prosper. And I think we've seen that so much in our life. You know, I, I remember just establishing this, this kind of rhythm of generosity in our own life, whether it's tithing or then give, I mean, tithing isn't really generosity. Tithing is just a principle. It's what you're supposed to do but then moving beyond that to generosity and just seeing how God continued to bless us. I remember getting checked. One time we got a check in a mail from our mortgage company. Yeah. That was like, "Hey, here's $5,000. You, you know, there was overpayment and something whatever and I'm like, "What? I've been paying the same amount for 5 years." No, but it was it was at a time where we had the church we were a part of had starting a building project yep. and we had we had we had made a a, gener- a commitment, a commitment to, and mm-hmm. a generous donation towards that and above and beyond our regular giving. And, and God's like, like, I can trust you. I can trust you. And, and it just, it's taught me over and over and over again that I can't outgive God. Yeah. 
no matter yeah. how much I try. I mean, I I keep a hundred dollar bill in my wallet all the mm -hmm. time, looking for an opportunity. In fact, uh, Saturday night at church, I, I was there was this little girl that she had broke her glasses, and and I felt like, oh man. Like God, I, I I'm gonna pay for her glasses, and uh, I was actually disappointed because she came to church on Saturday night this weekend, and her glasses were fixed. She had new glasses, mm. and I was like, man, I missed out on an opportunity. I'm to sure her mom still would have liked hundred dollars. <laughs> but yeah, I but know. it was just it was yes. just like I I had said it in my heart this week yeah. that like oh man, I'm gonna get the opportunity to bless this little girl's yeah. family and and make sure that. Yeah. Like she's got like she doesn't have tape on her glasses to right. hold them together. Right. And uh and and I think about that. And that's what that's for. It's yeah. like I, I want to always be ready yep. to be generous. Yeah. And and the only way I can be generous is if I'm prepared for it. Well, and I think all of this goes back to even even the beginning of, you know, the hustle over hoping too. Like as people, we should be the hardest working people as Christians. We should be the hardest working people. We should be the best tippers at the restaurant. Yeah. We should, it, it used to frustrate me so bad when I worked in the service industry. I was a waitress for many, many years and Christians would come in and leave like a, a you know, a dollar in a track. Yeah. And I'm like, come on. I don't, <laughs> I don't want anything to do with you leaving a dollar in a track. I, I want nothing to do with that. Yeah. I would work on Sundays before I was saved and, uh, my family's own and, and nobody, no other server wanted to work on Sundays because they knew it was all the church because they knew church people were coming yep. in and and they were gonna complain. They're gonna complain, be demanding, and then and then leave, leave them no tip. nothing. Yep. And it would happen over and over again. No, no. Like we should be the most generous people. Yeah. No matter what, we should want to bless people. No, no matter what, you don't know how that server's day has been, how like we don't know what's going on in somebody else's life. And if we can be a blessing to them. Like, why wouldn't we sit there and be generous and 20, 30%, you know, whatever we need to do to be able to be generous. And I think, I think that goes back to, you know, our work ethic and how we work and our jobs. Like they should look at us and go, man, that's the hardest working person. And that is a reflection. They're going to look and go, man, if Christians are like that, I, they're attracted to that. No doubt. And so why why wouldn't we be the hardest working people, the most generous people? Because that is actually what attracts people to Christ, not our laziness or, you know, our tracks on the stinking table. Please don't. <laughs> Please don't be that person. Please don't be that person. <laughs> if you're going to leave a track, leave like a hundred dollar bill with it. Yes. Like that would get, like as a server, that would have got me to, I would have been like, man, I want to know what this says. Yes. Cause like th they gave me a reason to want to know yep. what that says. Well, and we've done, we've taken invite cards, you know, and had a great server and just left a tip, like a really generous tip and an invite card. Yeah. And yeah, don't me, leave an invite card in like a 10% tip. Yeah, please. Please, please don't please, do that. Please. But I, I do, I, I mean, because our generosity matters and God also sees that generosity and he knows that he can entrust us, which it goes back. I mean, I guess probably if you're, if you're strapped, you know, it's hard to be a little bit more generous, but again, starting with that 10%, then 20% and then the 70% instead of spending everything and then thinking about the other things as an afterthought. Yeah. And I think principally you will see your financial world change around if you will do it like that. And any, any final thoughts that you have? I mean, I want to encourage people that are out there that are listening, go to financial PC yeah. university. I, we, we are having this, this talk with just some of our staff and, and just going, man, I wish, I wish every person, like mm -hmm. I don't even need, but the, 
need it today. But the things that I had learned yep. in that yep. 20 years ago are are still things that are super invaluable to my life today. Go bring your kids. Yeah. Like what what you could do for your children and your teenagers right now by teaching them these principles, yep. helping them to start to do that, start to invest. Like I, I just think about this as a parent right now, if you have a newborn child and you were I think you said this on the last podcast. I don't care. I'm going to say it anyways. (laughs) If you were to invest Mm $6,000 when they're born at 65, they'd have a million dollars. If you were to help your kids right now at a young age and you were just go, man, we're going to put a hundred dollars away every month for, for the future of our kids and, and, and teach them the principle of saving and investing and having them when they get money, live by the same principle, like first 10% is God's the next 20% we're going to save. Because there, our kids aren't sitting next to us when we're doing the finances or, or any of those things. So how are they learning? Yeah. Like they're seeing us swipe a credit card or whatever, but they're not seeing the diligence that maybe goes in behind the scenes. And so how how are we teaching them to grow up and to live by these principles and not to fall into the same traps yeah. that we fall into? And I I do think bringing teenagers, you know, and kids that are getting in college or whatever to financial peace, even if you have it together, come with them and let and, them learn. And show them. Yes. Show them like the reality of how you're yeah. stewarding and how you've how you've accomplished what you've yep. accomplished because they just think they just think well I'm just going to show up and this is how it's going to be no 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 they haven't learned the principles that right. you're living out today yep. and if you can really teach them those things and be a part of showing them how they can accomplish that as well you're going to set up man I wish I wish my family would have done that we yeah. we were hyper successful uh in the world's eyes but mm-hmm. terrible when it came well, to and this I think aspect even even now, you know, with with tithing in churches that we grew up in, you know, we passed buckets and and all that stuff, which I think there's value to that because yeah. for me, I saw my parents putting something in that basket every single time it passed by. And now because so much is digital, which I'm so grateful for, but our kids don't see us being generous because we're on the computer giving or, yeah. you know, whatever. And so it's it's a lot different. Our kids aren't seeing the same level of generosity maybe that we saw growing up because there wasn't the digital technology and all of those different things, which again, I'm grateful for, please keep doing it on the digital platforms. <laughs> yeah. But you know, there's, we have to talk about it more yeah, and teach more because they don't see it. Yeah. And well, they, they say thing, th- some things are just caught, not, not really taught. necessarily taught. And mm-hmm. so like they, they've got to experience that with you so that right. they get it. Yeah. Well, and I, I think it's a little bit vice versa in this. They need to be taught it yeah. <laughs> because they might not catch it because they can't see it. Well, that's also why, like at, at the end of the year, when I when I when we do our legacy offering, yeah. I, I always say, man, sit down with your kids and talk to them about, hey, this Christmas, maybe we're not going to do as much, and mm-hmm. here's why. Yeah, here's why, and this is why it's important for us yeah. as a family yeah. to make these decisions because we're living for something bigger yep. than just us. Yep. We're living to make a difference. Why? Because we want to choose generosity over greed. Mm-hmm. And we yep. want to choose discipline over debt. And we yep. we we want to make we're choosing to to hustle instead of hoping yeah. that somebody else steps up to the way. No, no, no. We're gonna do the hustle because we're we're gonna bring that aspect well, th- of our we life. We have more and this is what it's for. Yeah. You know, and I think maybe we all walk away with that question this week. You know, what is what is the more for? You know, and and, and honestly 
What are you doing so that you have margin in your life so that you have more and you can make those decisions, you know? So thank you guys so much for tuning in this week and we will see you back here next weekend.